0: If we think back to our childhood, we all have the memory of some special place. A place where if we close our eyes, we can remember the sounds, the smells, the feelings that flooded our senses when we spent time in that place. The way it made us feel, the impact it had on us, and the way it makes us long to go back to that time and to that place. For Mark Hackworth, that time is the 1950s and 60s, and that place is the historic Grand Theater. Join me, As we go back in time to relive the beauty of the grand through Mark's eyes and memories. This is Behind the Bricks Stories from the Inside. I'm your host, Stephanie Young. The beautiful Grand Theater sits nestled in the heart of downtown Alton, Illinois. The building itself dates back to 1898, when it was originally built as a carriage factory. The bricks that make up the theater came straight from the kilns of the Alton Brick Company. Rumor has it the walls went up so fast that the bricks were still warm. In 1909, the carriage company closed and the building was remodeled to become the Biograph Theater, with the second floor serving as a doctor's office. In 1920, a contest was held to rename the theater— and it became the Grand Theater, the largest theater in Alton. The Grand officially opened on December 4th, 1920, serving the Alton community for over 50 years until it closed its doors in 1977. Looking at the building today, it's hard to imagine that this empty, seemingly forgotten and abandoned theater once played host to Hollywood's biggest moving pictures, to traveling vaudeville shows, to beauty pageants, and even to Bob Hope and the MGM Lion. That it was so popular that the world's tallest man, Alton's own Robert Wadlow, frequented the theater so often that he was given his own special seat in the balcony with two seats removed in front of him so that the eight-foot, 11-inch giant could be entertained in comfort. For me, it's hard to imagine the life, energy, and entertainment that took place inside these worn brick walls, but it's not hard to imagine for Mark Hackworth. For Mark, the sights, sounds, and smells of the Grand Theater are still there, are still alive inside, just waiting to be remembered and to be brought back to life. I met Mark outside the Grand on a beautiful Saturday morning. He introduces himself and explains that he spent much of his childhood at the Grand because his father, Joseph, was the general manager from 1938 to 1960. He has only stepped foot in the Grand once since it closed its doors, and I can feel the anticipation as we enter the building. As soon as we step inside. Mark starts to recount what he remembers most about the hundreds of times he walked into the theater as a young man.
1: First thing, the box office has gone out in front. And when you walk in, the beautiful red carpet with gold medallions inlaid in in the carpet, and the smell of popcorn. That was the biggest thing. And the the, uh, posters at each end that were advertising the coming attractions that were painted by a local artist. And he would just, they would send an eight by 10 with the um, advanced movie letters and he would duplicate that on a three-by-five poster and he changed those three times a week sometimes. His name was Jack Beasy and he was quite an artist.
0: Do you remember the first movie you saw in here? Wow.
1: No, I don't. It was probably a Disney movie, though, I imagine. <laughs> Something like that. But I've seen an awful lot of them.
0: Once inside, we make a slow loop around the theater.
1: Thousand and one seats in the theater, and we were little. We'd play and run around and run backstage and uh, up on the stage. And there'd be sometimes there'd be a you know a thousand people in the theater and a thousand people waiting to get in for movies like Gone with the Wind and uh, The Ten Commandments and big 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 Hollywood productions. But it was just. Uh, Wow, Huh. forgot all about that entrance to the backstage. At night they put a, I can remember Dad put, turn on a 1,000 watt light bulb and that was their night light for the theater. Just one bulb on the stage. I'm a little different now. <laughs> it's unfortunate it's gone into disrepair, dis- 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 but that happens.
0: I asked Mark about the different types of entertainment that the Grand hosted throughout the years.
1: Oh, they used to have uh, vaudeville acts before the movies. <clears throat> uh, Miss Alton contests. Uh, big pushes for uh, uh, war bonds during the Second World War. They'd have entertainers. Uh, they'd have traveling entertainers come through. Um, Bob Hope came through once. Uh, I was too young. To t- I didn't see him. But he, uh, he brought the... Uh, MGM lion with him, you know the lion that roars at the front beginning of the movie. He was an old lion; he didn't have any teeth. They had to put false teeth in in his mouth when he would roar. <laughs> and that was a story I was told. I I, I didn't uh, see that either.
0: I asked him if he had a favorite seat. You know, my favorite seat was up in
1: the balcony. I always sat. The office was back over here to the right, under the steps going up the balcony, and I would always sit in the first row right here. And that was always dad's seat. That's where they had a seats. They'd sell thousand tickets on big, big shows. <clears> then <throat> there would be one seat left for the manager, if you could find it. <laughs> but it's just it's just amazing to look at it now. It's not near as big as it was when I was ten. <laughs> it was enormous then. Hmm. Guys, I'm kind of kinda sad. <laughs> but it was, it was a fun place to grow up.
0: We sit down now near the main entrance, looking out at the cold, empty theater. We notice traces of wallpaper and stenciling near the stage, offering a faint glimpse into the vibrant colors and designs that would have transformed these now mostly bare cement walls into the beautiful theater it once was. And as Mark and I continue to talk, and as memories of his time spent at the Grand start flooding back, the space starts to transform, to come to life. We talk about the 10-piece orchestra that would play along to silent movies, which was then replaced by a theater organ in 1925, changing forever the way people watched movies. Then...
1: I remember when they put the uh, stereophonic sound system in, which was just about blow you out of the theater back, for back then, now it's nothing compared to...
0: Mark Dang. laughs as he remembers <laughs> some of the more popular movies shown Same at the with- Grand.
1: Yeah, you hear them talk on the radio, about uh if you're on the oldies radio station, if you saw the Beatles at the Grand, you couldn't hear anything because of all the girls screaming. <laughs> but you're one of us, and, you know, the oldies records mean a lot to us. And I remember being here the first time they showed the first Beatles movie, and it was crazy that you didn't hear a thing. They just screamed for an hour and a half. <laughs> Same when Elvis Presley made his first movie. Let me tender, yeah. yeah. He came on the screen, he was way back in the background. Uh, I don't know if he was plowing in a field or walking a horse, but you could just hardly see a speck of him. And as soon as it came up on the screen, the girls knew where he was, and that was him. They just started screaming and yelling. You he didn't hear anything after that. <laughs> but movies made a lot of impact on people.
0: I asked Mark what some of his fondest memories of the Grand art. Well, like
1: I said earlier about the, the posters, I used to st- sit in the backstage and watch Jack Beasy just look at an 8, by, eight and a half by 11 picture of a poster and just freehand paint it on a 3 by 5 foot thing. That was, that was really cool. And going up in the projection room, and, uh, a fellow named Bittner lived, worked worked the projector up there all the time, and he'd show me how it worked and just things that you know the most kids didn't get to see. You know, Guys, just lots of things. My brother popped popcorn in the back, and he would uh, tell the girls, he said, well, just come on by in the side door on Third Street and knock on the door, and I'll give you some popcorn." So. <laughs> pretty good way of meeting chicks, I guess. <laughs> All the ushers and all the gals knew us. And we got free popcorn. <laughs> That's the, big, the biggest single thing I remember is popcorn and the smell of popcorn all the time. No, I remember they had the um, Duncan Yo-Yo guys who were touring the country when the yo-yos were real big. I guess that was seventh grade. And they came down, they put on a show, and they got me up on stage and they're flipping their yo-yos. They're going right beside each ear. And you know, <laughs> you're sitting there shaking. But everybody, everybody that came in and got, got a yo-yo in it. Playgrounds, everybody had a yo-yo. It was fun. They had the uh, first air-conditioned theater in town. It was a, uh, they called evaporative coolers. On the roof, water would go down through a filter and a fan would pull the air through it and it would cool it down several degrees. So it was pleasant but humid inside the theater. Oh, and every every night after the theater closed in the summertime dad would walk around the whole inside of the the edge of the auditorium and spray DDT that's what they used to control the flies back then and gosh it's totally prohibited now but if i can remember him walking around with a big green tank every night before they locked up
0: i asked mark what he hopes for in regard to the grand's future
1: oh yeah i'd like to i'd like to see it preserved or something you know um, Dinner Theater, maybe Alton Little Theater, uh, a place for school plays. I know it's unbelievably expensive to fix a building like this to turn it into a theater again, but I'd like to to see him do something with it.
0: So for now, the Grand Theater sits empty along a bumpy brick street in the heart of Alton. Its future yet to be determined, but its past kept alive by the memories of Mark and all those who laughed, cried, performed, and were entertained inside its brick walls. Memories that are just waiting to be rediscovered. Behind the Bricks is written, edited, and produced by me, Stephanie Young, in collaboration with Alton Odyssey Tours. Theme music by Dale Lewis. Special thanks to Mark Hackworth.